Hey everybody, I'm Mark Iskowitz, executive editor at MMM, and welcome to this week's episode of the MMM podcast, where my faithful co-host Larry Dobrow and I interview people of note in and around the healthcare marketing industry. I'm flying solo today from a hosting perspective, as Larry, as we say, is tending to some magazine business, namely squaring away our gigantic uh, July agency issue, uh, which he's knee deep in. Um, uh, but for all those watching live on YouTube, welcome. Uh, this episode is being recorded at MMM's offices in New York City, June 18, 2019. It'll be posted Wednesday to SoundCloud and other podcast platforms. So today, I'm very pleased to welcome our special guest, Steve Madden, editor-in-chief of MMM, who joins us live from Cannes, where the big news this week was that the Pharma jury finally awarded a Grand Prix after a nearly three-year drought. In the five years since the start of Lions Health, only two Pharma Grand Prix have been awarded. AstraZeneca's unbranded ticket from a fish camp uh, in 2015, and then we had Philip's Breathless Choir effort in 2016. We'll talk about the Pharma Grand Prix as well as the Health Grand Prix. Both were non-U.S. campaigns from the McCann Agency Network. And uh, not sure if you've been following Steve on social media, but he's been casing the crosset, as if you will, uh, meeting with agency heads, jurors, clients, and really getting a bead on um, why this year the jury finally felt that they had a Grand Prix caliber uh, award on their hands. So, Steve, welcome, my friend, and thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. First, uh, you know, can being the whirlwind that, as it is, uh, uh, how are you feeling? <laughs> Uh, everybody told me that this was going to be a crazy experience, um, but there was no way to truly, truly appreciate just how crazy it's going to be. I mean, everybody's here. Everybody in our world is here. And, um, you know, and everybody wants to see each other at the same time. So between that and just the general crush of everything that's going on. Um, and Mark, I know you've been here, so you know that it's a dry heat and can. Uh, but a but a heat it is anyway. So it's been uh, it's been exhausting, but it's been really enlightening, and it's been a lot of fun too. I mean, the the work that's been on display is pretty amazing. No doubt, it's it's been an exciting start of the week. Uh, we've we've seen your your dispatches, if you will, and uh, we'll talk more about the sights and sounds from Cannes. Uh, but first, uh, I wanted to start with the Pharma Grand Prix. Um, as I said, there hadn't been a Pharma Grand Prix awarded since 2016. And then all of a sudden, you know, one arose uh, from a somewhat surprising part of the world. Uh, it's a mobile app for self-testing chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD. You know, tell us about that first, you know, say from, from the juror perspective. I know you spoke with both Kathleen Nanda, who was a member of the Pharma jury, uh, as well as Robin Shapiro, the jury chair, about how this made such a great impression uh, inside the jury room. It made a huge impression. Um, I mean, I almost don't know where to start with it. I, I'll start by talking about the work. Um, you know, it is an app-based program, but it's much more than that, too. Um, the numbers of people being diagnosed with COPD in China are staggering um, because of uh, very high incidence of smoking and because of uh, poor air quality in urban areas. Um, and culturally, it had been sort of assumed that um, you know, when you get to be about 50 or 55 years old and you uh, get winded walking up a flight of stairs, that's just part of the game with, with aging. Um, when actually some, some studies, including by the, uh, the pulmonologist um, that, um, that they worked with, uh, that GSK worked with on this, um, 
said that you know there's this the incidence of the disease brought on by um, smoking and and environmental problems um, is huge, and there was zero awareness about the fact that this was something that people were were causing to themselves. So they sensed an idea, uh, they sensed an opportunity for uh, a way to get people involved with self-diagnosis um, and to start the first step on the way to treatment. Um, but what's really amazing is that this, this program, this campaign, it's much so much more than a campaign, it really is a program, um, pulls together so many disparate parts of technology and communications and Chinese culture to come up with something um, that you know, the, the, it's only been out for about a month, but so far the results are, are proving the efficacy to be really something. Um, it's, it's based on um, taking your phone, right? Um, and blowing into the phone, into the receiver, right? Um, and it can basically pick up uh, by using an algorithm, it can pick up the force with which the person is blowing into the phone. And it can tell, um, it can give them a pretty accurate reading of what their lung capacity is compared to what it should be for someone their age. Um, and the way, what happens when you blow on it is there's there's a Chinese, I had never heard of this, um, which is, uh, you know, no big surprise, I'm not a Chinese art scholar. But the, but the fact that this was so, something that's so common in China, it's called, um, I don't know exactly what it's called, but basically you put ink on paper and then you blow in order to, to spread the ink out over the paper. Um, and you blow this into the shape of a tree uh, on the app. And while you're doing it, you're creating art that you can share with your friends, but you also are measuring what percentage you have of the lung capacity that you should that, that you should have, right? Um, and if you are below sixty percent, you get a message that says, "Hey, you know, you need to go to a doctor or or uh, or a hospital uh, for a more thorough examination of this." But it pulls together so many different strands. There's a social media. There's a huge sharing component to it. Um, there's Chinese art. Um, and it's just it's just very very well done. Mm -hmm. um, this afternoon this afternoon I went to uh, a panel um, in like a you know in the jury room where three three of the panelists, including um, the head of the panel, um, talked about what it was about this that that um, was so impressive to them, and it was it was largely what I just said that they um, had pulled together some very disparate. Um, disparate parts of communication theory, um, but also it was extremely culturally relevant. Um, and it sort of shows the power of, of agency, uh, network agencies really, um, by having local boots on the ground who understand the local culture, you can produce something that's more culturally relevant. Right, so this was not just an app, as you pointed out, this is a whole initiative uh, that involved technology, uh, which was, as you said, inspired by the traditional Chinese art of, I think they call it blow painting. Um, right. They have a microphone on the phone that records the sound of, the, of your breath. I thought it maybe was going to be like more of a, um, of, a, of a touch, you know, where it would sense, you know, not through sound, but through, through touch, through uh, something more um, uh, tangible, you know, how much breath you were actually expelling, but it was actually sound. Um, and it's it the sound. Algorithm. And, it, and the algorithm is based on your strongest one second 
um, of air pressure, or the sound of the air pressure that you create. Right. Yeah. Fascinating. And um, and so that the algorithm you know creates that into the figure of the tree. So um, now you also spoke with Wendy Chan, who's uh, ECD of McCann Health Shanghai, about how the idea came about. Right. Yeah, and it was like like I said, it was basically on the ground. Um, they had realized um, how much of a problem this was um, in China, and that GSK sensed an opportunity. I mean, it's it's great work, it's brilliant, and everything else. Yeah. But don't forget that it's in the service of commerce, right? Um, and uh, it was just uh, uh, you know, Wendy was very gracious in saying that it's a complete team effort. Um, but the work uh, really came out of uh, most most of the, or at least the creative work came out of China, um, and programming and everything else was done all over the world. I mean, one of the things that really amazed me is the fact that this was still on the drawing boards in January and uh, in February, and they had brought it to market. It's been on the market for about a month. Amazing. It's really uh, that they developed the proof of concept that quickly and that they were able to kind of scale it up actually after they you know, consulted with a pulmonologist, I understand it, um, and obviously a, a, a Chinese artist who was you know, well-versed in this art of blow painting. And I think one of the other cool points that you had sort of elicited during that interview with Wendy was that um, you know, they had to really rely on off-the-shelf technology, right? Because these are people who didn't really realize you know, that they have COPD. I think 90% of the 100 million people that are estimated to have COPD in China, she said, you know, don't realize they have it. So they, they can't be expected to buy you know, a separate piece of technology. So it was very important since this was really a DTC effort that it really relied on existing phone technology. And the good news, good news for agencies and developers is the fact that it was mostly off-the-shelf technology, right? Um, and other conversations I've had with people about, um, you know, this is a festival of creativity, so I've been focusing a lot of my reporting on, uh, on, cre on the work. Um, and people are saying that there's, this is, we're in sort of a new golden age of creativity because the technology, we, we've sort of figured out what to do with the technology. It's not like, um, well, we've got this really great stuff. What should we do with it? You know, and, and essentially it turns into you know gaming <laughs> um, or gambling, right? That's uh, the, the mm -hmm. internet at its fullest expression, right? right. Um, but uh, this stuff is, is all, we know how to use it. We know the best use for it. And so much of it is on the shelf that you can just take it down and use it as a tool, almost like it's, it's the same, almost as a paintbrush. Uh, or paper, you don't have to go for through an expensive development process. Absolutely, yeah, great, great points. And we'll come back to to that shift from you know, uh, okay, we have a great technology now, we need to be in search of a problem to where they're they're really realizing that okay, we have this whole host of obviously very important problems to solve in, in health, and you know, what technology can we apply to it? But I wanted to to switch gears for a moment and talk about the health and wellness grand prix for a moment. You know, this one arose from another McCann shop, McCann Health Tel Aviv. Uh, for IKEA, tell us about that one. Well, this is a really interesting one. Um, this and, and the fact that this went to went to McCann Tel Aviv, um, but done in service to IKEA, which is not exactly what you a company that you think of when you think of health and wellness, but it just goes uh, it just goes to reinforce the point that everything is health now, um, and that everything is uh, you know er everything is is fair game. Um, so there is a copywriter in the Tel Aviv office um, who has cerebral palsy, um, and 
they were hired by um, by IKEA to uh, to 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 do some work, and he told them, you know, hey, you know, as we say in Jersey, not for nothing. Um, th there are a lot of people with um, some of the ailments that I have, I and people like me have, who who can't use your products properly, or to put a finer point on it, um, if you made some slight changes or uh, adjustments, um, would be able to use them better. They'd be helping us out. So, um, and he brought the idea to IKEA and they went with it. And basically what they do is they've created open source technology for 3D printers to um, build accommodations to things like closets and sofas to help people. So the, the, the thing on this, the thing that you can 3D print and uh, attach to the sofa will help you stand up, right? Um, and door handles on closets, which, you know, if there's a typically a small doorknob, um, problem people with um, hand and arm mobility issues can't necessarily just reach and grab the knob. They can put their wrist, their forearm into the adaptation that they've used, uh, that they've created with the printer to pull the door open. Um, it's, it's really, really special. Um, and, you know, props to Ikea for, for doing it as open source, not charging for it. Absolutely. And it really also highlights uh, the power of a Grand Prix, right? Because I think uh, Matt Eastwood, who you talk with, the global CSO of McCann, said it's been downloaded, I think, 120, but in, in 125 different countries. That's right. And there's no doubt this is going to wind up on the desk of Ikea's global CEO. And, and they're, they're probably going to say, yeah, let's roll this out to all of our stores. Why not? Right, right. And, you know, again, it shows the power of what, uh, what agencies can do in helping to solve uh, helping to solve problems for people and helping helping clients create new markets, essentially. Right, and and it is open source, you know, as as you say, which maybe you know has is is one of the best elements of it. You know, it's a, speaks of a certain graciousness on the part, you know, of the client that that they're making this available uh, for everybody. That's right. That's yeah, really cool too. Great. So, um, uh, you know, getting back over to uh, to the Pharma Grand Prix. Um, you know, there, you know, and, and we should mention also that, you know, it was a pretty good week for McCann. Uh, they, they won <laughs> network of, of the year and deservedly so, you know, because their shops, you know, were the ones that won the, the Grand Prix in pharma and Grand Prix in, in, in health and wellness. Uh, but just, you know, mentioning, you know, some of the stats around the pharma Grand Prix, I think there was 31 shortlisted pharma entries, 11 were awarded a prize this year. And uh, versus last year, I think there were 53 shortlisted. Um, so there are fewer on the shortlist, but we do have a Grand Prix this year. So, you know, what, what does that say about the state of creativity? Um, that's a really interesting question. And, uh, and, and again, it's a, a question. It's something that I've pursued with people here. Um, it, it basically, uh, people are feeling really optimistic about it. Um, the fact that they awarded a Grand Prix in pharma this year after after two years of not awarding one um, is sort of that's the headline um, you know that there's finally been uh, a Grand Prix and I asked people who are in the jury if they had felt pressure you know in the in the jury room you know was there a lot of pressure to to either continue down that road of not awarding one saying the work's not good enough or of saying like, no, we've got to do something this year. Um, and the fact of the matter is that the, that they felt that there was no pressure, that there was so much good work being done 
Um, now, you know, these are not um, deep, what we typically think of as DTC ads, right? So they're not ring fenced by the regulation that uh, pharma companies in the United States have to deal with, or, or at least, you know, trying to sell to an American market that they have to deal with. But people basically felt that there was a huge step up in crafts and in, in craft um, and not just some of the craft, but all the way around. They talked about um, some animated videos that had that were on the short list or that had won prizes. And they were amazing. They were amazing pieces, um, both in terms of the quality of the animation, the sound editing, the execution, the whole bit. It's that um, the rising sea level has lifted all of the boats. So um, there are no, no more sort of half-assed projects that are getting through. Um, everything is much more competitive, and that's, that's a good sign. Because to go back to a point we were talking about earlier, it's like we finally figured out what to do with this, this technology. It's not technology in search of an application anymore. Right. And, um, you know, just to highlight, um, you know, so, some of the other work that, that won in pharma, we had GSK, you know, in addition to winning the Grand Prix, it also won a gold uh, for the COPD initiative. Viv Healthcare won two silver lions for its HIV awareness uh, film, branded film, uh, called As Much As I Can. Eli Lilly won a silver for its tar uh, Lartruvo Get Up Alarm Clock for soft tissue sarcoma patients. Uh, Merck took home a bronze for its Merck for Mothers film campaign. And uh, Bayer, Bayer had a bronze uh, for its smart read print publication uh, for people with macular degeneration. So, uh, and to your point, you know, craft, uh, you know, the jurors said was really on display uh, here. And the more, the better the craft, the better the work. Um, and um, so it's really nice to see um, uh, creatives, uh, people in the industry really, um, you know, rallying around these tough challenges uh, and creating smart work that really goes to the heart of the matter and, and helps people and uh, really lives up to the to the to the great challenges that that were that you know people who are struggling with disease and other conditions and maladies are, are facing. Um, and you know this. Yeah, this and one, one of the sorry, one of the uh, one of the points I wanted to make to reinforce about that um, the the magazine project for macular patients with macular degeneration is um, how completely thought out the entire project was. It's printed on matte paper, so it's not reflective, which is easier on the eyes. All the photography and illustration is done with an eye toward uh, vivid primary colors, which are easier to see. Uh, and the type and the fonts are, the type is large, but the fonts are, are soft um, and easier on the eye. So everything is designed to improve the reading and to enhance the reading experience um, for people with macular degeneration. I mean, think about it. If you've got that, uh, if you've got uh, MD, and you go to the doctor's office and you're waiting to be called, what are you gonna do? Read magazines? That's why this is a perfect point of care um, product. Yeah, that's, that's true, I hadn't thought of that. Um, that is another great example you know, of, of craft uh, in the service of people uh, with a very serious health condition, for sure, man, right. generation. And um, I think as, as Eastwood was, was saying, you know, he, he's kind of fresh to the industry, so he's kind of looking at, looking at it with fresh eyes, and he said he was, you know, to paraphrase from your interview with him, um, you know, where he said, people told me coming in, you know, that pharma is skittish about being creative. And he said, I actually, pharma is very creative, but they're creative in the products that they're developing and they're innovating. That's um, right. 
and and you know, so so they've they've found. I think um, you know Tim Hawkey of Area Twenty Three wrote an op-ed for our site you know a few days ago where he said this has kind of been sort of a problem, a, kind of a good problem to have, but this is kind of what's been hampering the industry, so to speak, is that they haven't felt necessarily the need to be innovative outside of product development before. So it's kind of new, you know, developing tissue for them. Um, and, um, but, but now they're starting to break out and, and realize that they, you know, that they can be creative um, as long as they, you know, check off all the regulatory boxes. Um, That's and right. his goal, I think he said was very ambitious that he wants to kind of selfishly make more people want to come into healthcare and solve these tough challenges now, because it's really not so much as you said, Oh, we've got a great technology in search of a problem, but we've got an amazing problem that we'd love to solve here. And we have another amazing problem that we need to solve here. Let's put all of our resources against it and try. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 what, the, what the pharma industry does on a daily basis is nothing short of moon landings. Um, you, know, you think about what some, of these, what some of these drugs can do. The core competency in, within these organizations isn't necessarily um, creative marketing, right? But um, with technology and sort of just in, this huge influx in talent into the industry, I think, uh, I think it's their time to catch up. One thing that's worth noting, though, is that... Um, the pharma category had like, I think it was 375 entries, um, which uh, which felt, um, according to the jurors, felt kind of small compared to health and wellness that had something like 1,200 plus mm -hmm. entries. Mm -hmm. um, uh, like, I, like I said earlier, everything is health and wellness now, right? So it would, and, and just look at the fact that a, a, a gold went to, um, uh, to Ikea, which is not exactly what you think of when you think of healthcare, right? Um, but the, the, the disparity between the two is great. And so there, there was this sort of cry from the heart, from the jury room for like, hey, let's keep making good work and let's keep entering it and let's keep pushing it the way we are. Absolutely, yeah. And, uh, and they, you know, as again, to paraphrase again from your interview with, uh, I think it was Kathleen Nanda, you know, they, they were a little nervous, you know, that some of the, there was a concern, I think, that the work might be a little bit dry, you know, but there was relief when they saw uh, uh, the breath uh, campaign or the breath initiative, you know, that this, there was an unanimous agreement that she said that this was breakthrough, that this was a Grand Prix in any other category. So good stuff. Well, one of the things, one of the things that was really interesting that came out of the, the conversation with the jurors was, um, you know, part of the, part of this process is that each submission includes like a pitch reel basically it says here's here's what our campaign is um and that's sort of the point of departure for judging the the other collateral that goes with it um when it came to um breath of life everybody watched it once the reel was so well done and so concise uh and so thorough that nobody needed to see it again hmm. wow and then that that you know, that speaks of the uh, the impression that it made on them, um, and kind of made their decision a lot easier, I'm sure. So, uh, uh, any other you know, love, love to get your take on any other sights and sounds uh, that you like to comment on. I know you know, can being the surreal experience that it is, like you're, you know, I was there a couple of years ago, you know, and you're kind of surrounded in this, you know, sort of cocoon of, of luxury and 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 great sunny weather, yet you're darting all over the place trying to talk to everybody at the same time. It, it's uh, kind of an interesting dichotomy, but um, you know, what's what's what other impressions you, would you can you share with us about what it's like to be there? Um, my my overall impression is of being somewhat overwhelmed. 
just because there is so much work. You know, I was here, I'm coming home tomorrow. I was just here focusing on the, uh, on the health and wellness and the pharma tracks. Um, but there's, you know, there's sports and there's outdoor and there's all kinds of things and it goes on, um, all week. Um, and there's definitely like this kind of carnival atmosphere around it. Um, but that's, that's kind of only skin deep. I mean, this is like really serious work. And I was, um, I sort of thought that this was, um, maybe going to be spring break for uh, medical marketing. Um, but it's really not, there's a lot of hard work that goes on here. Nice. No, no spring break for, uh, for pharma creativity. Well, it's it's a tough assignment, but somebody has got to do it. Uh, so thank you for, uh, for being our man in can. Um, and, uh, you know, thanks again for joining us. And so you're flying home tomorrow. Hope you have a safe flight and we look forward to seeing you back in New York city, uh, end of the week. Thanks. I'll be there on Thursday. Okay, great. All right. right. Thank you. Um, just a couple of housekeeping items before we wrap today. Uh, next Monday is MMM awards judging day in New York city. So Steve will be back just in time for that, uh, where we'll be convening 50 judges from the ranks of agencies and biopharma companies, uh, brand managers themselves to decide our own um, gold and silver winners based on creativity and effectiveness. Uh, you got to have both. And um, so the shortlist will be announced on July 16th from uh, the MMM Awards. Uh, secondly, stay tuned for all of our July issue content, which will be dropping on the second week of July. And uh, we've curated an even bigger package of content for this year's T100 issue uh, than ever before. And uh, for the first time, we'll be holding a wrap party uh, on July 11th. Uh, I don't mean where Larry Dobra and I are going to get out there and, and wrap, but I mean like an unwrapping uh, of the issue. I, if anybody I, was, was wondering. I would well, Steve that. might do some wrapping. We'll see. Um, and uh, so we'll, we'll celebrate with the issue in hand. Uh, and miles to go before we get there, but you know we're, we're nearing the end of the, of the tunnel, and we look forward to celebrating with you all. Uh, so you can find out more info on that event on our website. And uh, that'll do it for us. So for our editor-in-chief at large, Steve Madden, uh, Mickey Brown, our producer, Larry Dobra, who's knee-deep in the July issue, this is Mark Iskowitz signing off, and we'll see you next week on the MMM Podcast. Thanks, everybody. 